Welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward, and on today's episode, we are interviewing Marie and Eldon Frost. We know them from House Church, and they have an amazing story of how God has shown up in their life with their youngest daughter, Lexi. So Marie and Eldon, thank you guys for coming on today. It's so Glad great to, to have here. you. It's my pleasure. I'm excited about this opportunity. So I know you have three kids? Yeah, actually there's five. Oh my. Okay, mm-hmm. I was off yep. by a couple. Yeah, our, our firstborn, she's born brilliant. I tell you, she always surprised me. When they did a pretest for her going into kindergarten and uh, asked her to draw a person, and they looked at it, paused, and said, you're going to challenge your teachers. They're going to be challenged keeping up with getting you educated. <laughs> so, she, yeah, she was put in the gate program and all that. Then we had a boy who turns out, I, I wondered why he was so hyper. It turns out he's got Asperger's, though very, very good at running solar batteries off-grid living. Taking things apart and getting back together, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we have a son who served in Iraqi Freedom four years and we prayed him through the war but when he came back he had post-traumatic stress disorder and ended up taking his own life big shock for us then came Lexi the little caboose yeah nice surprise and we have a baby that went to heaven before she was full term so I say five but Lexi was born in 1998 Yes, on many, April Fool's Day. Many she years before us. Brian went to heaven. But, <laughs> yeah. April Fool's Day, huh? That, yep. That's a pretty good day for birthdays. There uh, might be someone else in this room with that same birthday. Really? Yeah. Is that the guy smiling behind the microphone? That is me. Yeah, yes. there we go. There we go. No fooling. <laughs> Alvin, what did you say, though? You said something about... Uh, oh, she was born in 1998. He was born in 82, and then she was born in 98, so 16 years later. Right. My youngest was 16. So I was working as an instructional aide for kids that had like learning disabilities, just like dyslexia, and maybe they're not an academic learner. They need different modes to be able to absorb the information we wanted them to understand in school. And during the summers... I wanted to continue having an income, so I worked with the severely handicapped. That was an adventure. They warned me. They gave me a pre-briefing call before my first day, and they said, you know, you're going to have to watch your back in here. Some of these kids will take your keys, flush them down the toilet. They could actually physically hurt you. They could even kill you. So just pay attention. And I didn't sleep much that night, and I went to work to discover that these precious kids were just normal people with special needs and that they were trying to get the attention of the staff. The staff was doing this little coffee clatch thing and ignoring the kids totally. Wow. Yeah, and so I found it to be a beautiful fit. I learned to deal with people who might be in a wheelchair or might have autism and relate differently. It was a wonderful pre-experience for me. God was preparing me for what was ahead with this experience with these special kids. I really loved it. But my youngest was 16, and I would be walking around the house saying, I need a little person in this house. My kids are too old. Eldon and I had separate jobs. He was painting signs all day. He'd come home tired and late in the evening, and I'd be working at the school. My kids were teenagers, and they didn't really want to get on the same page with dear old mom and dad. (laughs) What a surprise. Teenagers wanting to avoid their parents. Can you imagine that? Yeah. They were individuating. (laughs) Yes, they were, and doing a good job of it, discovering who they are outside of the cocoon 
outside of the greenhouse that we gave them to grow up in. Anyway, we were a little disconnected. We each did our own thing. And God decided, well, it's time for you to have another family member. I was working with special needs kids, expecting the baby to come the end of April. But she came, ta-da, three weeks early, April 1st. April Fools, Mom and Dad, you thought you were going to have Easter vacation to get the baby room ready and the crib set up and all this other stuff, but ta-da, I'm coming before you can do that. (laughs) Not only was her arrival date a surprise, but also the complexities around her birth. You noticed something unique about the baby, right, Olin? Yeah, her eyes were different, and I said, her eyes are funny, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so we went to the hospital, and they whisked her away to neonatal ICU. Her red blood cells were low, and she was uh, oxygenated maybe 70%. So they put her under oxygen. And that was the beginning of a great adventure where God unveiled to us every step of the way that we needed to go to make life good for this little girl. First, we knew she had Down syndrome, and then we discovered that she had food sensitivities, As she was growing, she would have projectile vomiting, and she would bang her head on the floor, and she would scream a lot. And I couldn't really figure out what was going on with that until I saw an ad in this flyer from one of the stores that said, your food could be your poison. So I was reading the symptoms, and I thought, yeah, this sounds like my girl. So I sent her blood to Florida where they did what's called a blood print exposing her blood to various foods, watching for how many antigens pop up. She's allergic to 27 things. Oh, wow. We have a lot in common. I'm allergic to 25. But when we uh, removed, first of all, the casein and the gluten made a big difference for her. And then these other things. It was kind of crazy trying to figure out how to do a diet for a kid that can't do any grains. Wow, that sounds like a pretty big challenge. Yeah. A lot of study was involved. There was something else that was super challenging before the food allergies. She had seizures. Before that, she had heart problems. And heart problems. Had a hole in her heart. Yeah. I forgot the actual medical term for the heart condition that she had, but it is something that happens with kids that have Down syndrome more commonly than the typical child. But she had infantile spasms when she was five months old, started seizing. And so we had a year and a half of rushing to the children's hospital in Madeira. At that time, we lived in the Central Valley. And they would put electrodes on her head and have her stay overnight and watch for the seizures. We were giving her all manners of seizure medicine. There was a gel that I needed to inject into her little arm, and it was so slow going. And there was stuff I could put on there to numb it first, but... I was counting all the seizures, how many jerks she was doing, what time of day. Everything was written down and documented for the doctors and how she responded to everything. That was a big deal. So in the middle of all that and all the craziness and hospital visits and everything else, where did God show up for you guys in that? It was Easter and a new church was opening in town down the street and it was walking distance. I hadn't been to church for several months because Lexi's immunities were low, and she didn't have to be exposed to anyone sick to get sick from them. Just anybody she hadn't been familiar with or been around. 
Exposure to them would cause her to end up in the hospital with croup. Her little tiny throat would close up and she'd have trouble breathing, so they had to help her through that. She got croup a whole lot in those first five years of her life. A lot of time in the hospital, a lot of x-rays. But at five months old, she started having the seizures, and she was two and a half when this church opened up. I told her next oldest Sib, who was 16 at the time, watch your sister, I'm going to go to church this morning. (laughs) And I did. I walked down to the church. It was wonderful service. The pastor was up front. He says, Jesus is here right now, and if you have a need, please come up and we will pray with you. And I'm like, I am not going up in front of that church. I'm not going to go and cry in front of a bunch of strangers. Well, I just stood where I was at, and I said, God, and of course I did cry. My baby needs to be healed, and that's all I could get out. Mm-hmm. After the service, I went home. Everything was just the same, but the next day, no more seizures. Wow. And the people at the neurology department in Valley Children's Hospital had said, there's nothing more we can do except maybe brain surgery. And we said, no for that. And I am so thankful every single day of her life, no more stinking seizures. Those things were nasty. <laughs> Yeah, you said she was about two and a half when that stopped, when you went to the church? Or was she older by that point? No, she was about two and a half. Well, that's an awful lot for her to have already gone through at that age. It was tricky. We'd take her to family gatherings for Thanksgiving, and she'd just cry the whole time. She was all swollen up from the corticosteroids Mm -hmm. and meds that she was on. We were living on the edge of emergency all the time, and it was just like survival. It was scary. This was a whole new world to me. I had to learn stuff about neurology that I never had any exposure to and what to watch out for. Oh, it was frustrating just not knowing what the outcome was going to be and if there was going to be any help at all. We were kind of at our wit's end. It did look pretty scary, super scary. But when God healed her at that church service, it was like above and beyond. He knocked my socks off. I totally didn't expect it to happen that quick. So, yeah, God prepared us ahead of time for her birth, and he met us every step of the way. I'm just so thankful. There's so many surprising things, so many new things to be learned. Uh, The stuff about the food allergies, that was a whole new education for me also. But God let it come one step at a time so that we could deal with it one step at a time. Then there was the whole thing that they didn't ever think she'd walk. She hadn't developed the uh, little cups in her hip to hold her weight because she wasn't standing. So they put her in her stander for how long? An hour. Hour each time, and she had to be strapped in this wooden stander to hold her up. And they did that for how long? Oh, it was over a year, and she'd scream the whole time. (laughs) Mm. And so then they put her in braces, right? How'd we get her around? Was it in a wheelchair? Yes. We'd carry her when she was small. That's true. And one day, I showed up at the school carrying her, and they said, why are you carrying her? I said, because she can't walk. And they started laughing. They said, see those swings over there? When we put her down, she can hardly get there fast enough. She had us all fooled. (laughs) Pretty clever. Can you share some of the more specific ways God showed up for you guys? The family united around Lexi. Everybody loved Lexi. The teenagers loved Lexi. Our disjointed life started coming together because she had all these needs and everybody wanted her to be okay. 
So everybody was doting over Lexi, and that unified our otherwise disjointed family, which was really, really nice. She taught us about the simple things in life. My firstborn was passing all those developmental milestones, clip, 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 right along. I was 18 years old. I didn't even know what they were or what to watch out for. But with Lexi, every milestone, we had to work for it. Lexi also has autism. She was diagnosed with PDD-NOS, which is pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. Uh, her favorite toy, she was born under a ceiling fan, and she loved looking at that. Uh, she loves things that spin. I was thinking about making her a T-shirt that says, but does it spin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is like the biggest thing that seems to be is your family was really disjointed and separated from each other. And so God was just using Lexi to bring you all together and remind you guys of what was important. Yes, and the simple things in life became that much more important, also slowing down. I was juggling a lot of things at once. And for Lexi, I had to slow down and just invest time in her, let everything else slide to make sure that she was okay. We had a lot of great uh, schools that worked with her. Mm -hmm. they, did, they brought out the best in her. They knew how to help her. As a matter of fact, early intervention started with her when she was five months old and I was definitely still nursing. They worked with her at home until she was about 10 months, and then I would be able to go in with her during her class and just take a break and nurse her during class and put her back with the other kids. It was great. What is, what is early intervention? What does that entail? A woman came to the house who would sing to her and rock her and take a parachute and let it drift down on top of her, just giving her different sensations, uh, encouraging her to notice her environment, let her feel different textures, get her involved. And she also taught me ways to interact with her that it would help her in her development. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, so Lexi's our joy. We spent a lot of time together. Because of COVID, she hasn't been able to be involved in any peer programs she kind of fell through the cracks. So I was praying for some idea to help her in her development, and I decided that instead of just being a lump on the log, sitting at the table waiting for me to get her food ready, she could come to the counter and grab a spoon if we put it on the countertop there for her to get. She could be motivated and helping herself. We put a red piece of tape down there for her so the contrast would be well enough for her to see a white plastic spoon on the red tape. And first day, it was like pulling teeth. She was not interested in getting up or doing anything. Eldon's saying, maybe the counter's a little too tall for her. Were you afraid she wasn't going to be able to do it? Yeah. Well, her vision, tell about the vision. It's compromised. It's 2200 with corrected vision. What we see at 20 feet looks like it's 200 feet away to her. Okay. Yeah. So she threw a fit, and I just kept up with it, and eventually she caught on. Now, if there's anything on the countertop, she believes it's free game. <laughs> Any food, she's going to find that spoon. As a matter of fact, now we have her opening the drawer. That was something, too, because it doesn't have handles, so you've got to reach underneath and get the drawer and pull it out. But she's... She's got it down now, and she'll sometimes just come over and 
get a spoon to show us. You know, she's uh, got it figured out. This is a magic touch. Just open this drawer and food automatically appears. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. But now she's got her where she comes and picks up the bowl. She always gets the spoon, wants to take two bites, and then she'll carry it to the table, which is so it's a distance, probably feet? about 15 or 20 feet, well, 15 feet. And she puts it right down in the center of, there's a flat dish there, and then sits down starts eating, which is amazing to me. I didn't think she could ever do that. It's cool to see her development like that. And it all started when she believed she could do something more. Mm. It brought her out of the autistic bubble a little bit to realize, wow, I really can do some stuff. Like there's a, I think there's something in that. You know, what does that tell you about like what God expects of us, what God sees as far as our capabilities beyond what we see? Stretchiness, you know. Yeah. Asking us to do more than we want to do. Yeah. Get our faith out there and grab onto it. Mm. More than we think we can. Yeah. She's a baby of great faith. Mm. I call her a baby still because she's developmentally about that. She doesn't have language. She's developmentally, I guess, between 10 months and a year and a she half. She had language till the seizures started, and then it That's disappeared. Right. She had like eight or nine, ten words, something that she could say clearly, and then that disappeared when the seizures started. Oh, man. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. i, I got to ask. I mean, there's so many people, we see people all the time, when something hard, something crazy hits, and they have a faith in God, they walk away from it because they can't reconcile a good God with what they're going through. What did that look like with you guys? There had to be some wrestling in the middle of that, seeing, you know, your baby that you love going through all of this. I mean, how how did you pursue God in the middle of that and not run away? Well, first of all, we're pro-life and believe God doesn't make mistakes. You know, it's hard to understand why he would allow that. I know that would be a big question mark in people's minds. Some people have faced, we didn't have ultrasounds or anything that would show how she was doing. So we had the choice to continue with the pregnancy, even though we hadn't seen what was going on. So we just, by faith, said, let's just, whatever God brings, that's what we'll accept. I had confidence that God does everything well. I was shook up a little bit when I had as a teenager an idea of the life that I imagined that I would live. I'd marry a guy that's way into ministry, wants to go to Africa, open an orphanage. That's what I thought was a good idea. But God had a different plan for me. The unpredictable just kept happening. And... I realized that God is walking with me through this. It's about relationship with Him and just trusting that what the Bible says is good, is true, and that God is good. One thing that really stood out to me with Lexi and will always be a shining light in my heart is the time when I took a course on talking to God, like with a journal, And they instructed us to bring God a question. Write it down in your journal. Go to a quiet place. And then just let God drop the answer in your heart and write it down. 
And so I thought, well, this is fascinating. Let's give this a try. So I went to a quiet place, and I asked him, God, how do you see me? What do you think of me? And then pops into my mind this perfect little baby, Lexi. I knew that she had challenges and special needs, but to me she was perfect in every way. Mm -hmm. I thought she was just gorgeous. I was smitten with her, literally smitten with her, the beauty of God's creation there. And he said, that's how I think of you. I am as smitten with you as you are with that baby. And it melted me. Mm. And I tried to wrap my mind around that. It still knocks my socks off. <laughs> but knowing that the God that is so spent with me is walking through every circumstance and every detail with me, and he's got the power to make everything work together for good, even if it seems kind of crazy to me from this perspective, He's outside of time, and I know the goal of life isn't to be comfortable or safe. It's to learn how to let God show himself in your circumstances, invite Jesus to do life with you, because he calls us to come. So what better invitation is there? There's no one greater to walk with, the God of all creation. It's pretty amazing. You've learned to depend on him moment by moment. Like you had these dreams of thinking when you were a teenager of what your life was going to be like. And then life hit with Lexi. And then not only her, I mean, you had two children who have died. Yeah, one was, what do you call it? Spontaneous abortion yeah. at uh, four months. A daughter we named Hope. Oh. And then a son. Yes. Who took his own life. Is that what I heard? This like, is true. Man. So all these dreams of as a teenager and all these hopes and expectations and then these things happen, pain and like, you know, earth-shattering, life-shattering events. And yet what you keep talking about, as I'm listening to you, and tell me if I'm, if I'm hearing correctly, but what I keep hearing you say is how God met you in every step, how he taught you to be there in that moment how he taught you to not look beyond the moment and be in that particular circumstance and find the celebration. Yeah, find the things like what Philippians 4, 8, that Kim, like, wasn't it you that talked about that, or was that Josh? No, it was me. Yeah, okay. Whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is, oh, geez, I don't have my phone with me. Anyone can chime in. (laughs) Noble and just and right, more or less. All the good stuff. Yeah, essentially focusing on the beauty and what is real Mm. instead of what we tend to focus on as people, which is the negative and what could go wrong. Those do tend to be what we focus on, is the the temporary circumstances instead of the eternal truth. And so the gift that I hear in this, that you are, are continually growing to receive, is the alignment with God's perspective. Like that imagery of when you asked him, how do you see me, and he brought you Lexi. I mean, oh my gosh, that vision of Lexi and how much you just adore her. Yes. And then God said, yep, that is from me to show you how I adore you. Like that is God's perspective. When we talk about worship, there's a word we often use is adoration. Mm. And God's like, do you understand that 
the adoration that you're giving to me in worship is literally meant to only be a reflection of what you've already received from me, that I actually adore you first. Mm. That when I look at you, there's adoration. And that's all I'm asking is receive that adoration from me and give it back. Like, you don't have to somehow find a deep well of adoration in you for me. Just receive my love and adoration for you and give it back. And that is what, that's God's perspective, right? That is God's perspective of us. He adores us. And what he has given you as a gift is the ability more and more to just be lined up with his perspective. That is an incredible gift to see life through his eyes. And one of the simplest things is to, is, is to just relax and enjoy the journey because that's what God is doing. He's enjoying us in the journey with us, being with us. It just blows my mind all the time that we just bypass all of these scriptures that Jesus said, you want to hear about heaven? It's a wedding feast. You want to hear about heaven? It's a party. You want to hear about heaven? It's a celebration. And you guys, in the midst of all of this heart-rending tragedy, have learned to relax and look for God celebrating you and with you, celebrating Lexi in each moment. That's an amazing gift. That's joy. And how many people have all of these things and all of these privileges and all of these blessings and are miserable. And how many people would look at you guys and go, man, your life is like trauma. And you're sitting here talking about all of these joyous things. That's an incredible gift. Thank you. There has been more trouble, too. Our son with Asperger's ended up in jail for about eight years for yelling at somebody. He didn't hurt anybody. The law didn't work right. They called it terrorist threats. And my daughter had three beautiful grandchildren that were separated from us for about eight years through the manipulation of her husband. They wouldn't allow us to contact the children, the grandchildren. They're restored to our lives now, which is an awesome thing. But I didn't want to deny the heart-wrenching, the pain. When we lost our son, it was like a... I understand that scripture that said that Mary would have a sword pierce her own heart. It was physical pain. It was mm -hmm. actual physical pain. And to deal with that, I needed to look to that scripture, like in Philippians 4, be thankful for every day that we had with him. Yeah. And I would walk the canals and cry and talk to God. We need to recognize our feelings. God made us human for a reason, and he wants to go through these hurts with us. It's yes. not something where he says, well, just know that I'm good and go on with life. Suck it up. Exactly. <laughs> he so doesn't say that. He doesn't. He says he cries with us. He knows the pain because he walked on this earth. So I would walk the canals and I would cry and I would say, thank you, God, for him, but this just hurts so much. And it took lots of months just doing that and remembering to be thankful for every good thing that was a part of the picture and be thankful that I know that right now where he is, he's full of joy. And yes, God has carried us through that. There are still times when I need to reorient. There's still that kind of place 
that's never going to go away, where you miss what his life could have been, what it could have become, miss seeing him and enjoying his presence. So it's not all one or the other. We live in, in a life where I, I do wonder, you know, what what would it be like if I had more freedom because Lexi grew up and became an independent person and I didn't have to put all these hours in every day to make sure her life is good? What would life be like? But then I think I wouldn't trade it. And God surprises me with the good stuff he brings into my life. He really does. I, I really wouldn't have it any other way. I tell Lexi sometimes, and I tell her, you are perfect in every way. It just brings to mind to me that God didn't create us to be perfect in our humanity. Only his involvement in our life is what reflects the perfection. We're perfectly imperfect just as he made us to be with all of our flaws and shortcomings and our growing and maturing, which isn't going to be done as long as we're breathing and walking on this planet. Is there any advice you would give for anyone walking through something similar? Any practices you'd, that you put in place that you would recommend for them? There are wonderful support groups. There are parent groups. There's a lot of things you can find online. And to have the support of somebody that could actually sit with and watch your child as I have today so that I can be here is a tremendous gift. Find the support. Get yourself a break. That's what I can think of. And know that God loves you. (laughs) It's been such an honor having you guys on here today. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and Lexi's story. It's, It's so encouraging to see how God's worked and moved in your lives. And I know one of the things that we love doing as we wrap this up is asking the people who come on to pray for those who are listening. Sure. Father, thank you for being Abba Father to us. You hold us when we can't go on. Those who are not sure. Those who are not sure, Lord, that you are there to hold them up during this difficult time because it gets so confusing when the world looks so scary and it's hard to balance that out with How can God be good when so many things happen that don't seem good at all? I pray, Father God, that you would reveal yourself to them, that you would soften their hearts. Lord, open their eyes to see you in the ability to take a breath and the ability to move. If there's some part of their body that doesn't have pain, to be thankful for that. (laughs) Lord, there's so many ways that you show up in our lives. I pray that people would recognize that, that they would hear you calling them to come closer to you because you didn't make anybody who's a mistake. You didn't make anyone in error. You've only created those that you love with all of your heart. And I pray that people would be able to slow down and hear your voice, that they'd be able to receive your love, Father God, and that they would respond in their own unique and very special ways. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I got a picture that formed in my mind that I I think is from God. When you were talking about those imperfections that we all have, and what I saw was, like, you know, Lego blocks, you know, the old old school Lego (laughs) blocks, those little, like, rectangles, and on one side, there's all those little, you know, like those little dots sticking up, right? The plastic round connecting points. But on the other side, it's just really empty space. And those are like those imperfections in us. 
And they're there because there's a perfect God who wants to fit right into that space and clothe all of his empty and imperfect spaces with his completeness and his perfection. And that's the picture, really, that I saw develop in my mind is all of those places that feel so empty and imperfect in us that we get so insecure about are really God's planned placement of incompleteness so that we will long to let him clothe us moment by moment in his fullness of completeness, complete love, complete joy, complete peace, complete kindness, complete patience and goodness and strength and wisdom. That's all there for us for the asking. And that's what I what I want to honor today is that's what I hear from both of you. Is that's the perspective you've had that you are asking and you are seeking and receiving more and more of that completeness. And it's a journey. That's what you said, Marie, at the end is it's a journey. We're all on it. We we take one step back as we go two steps forward. It's a constant growing process, but I want to honor both of you, two people who have faced a lot of adversity and who have chosen to look to God rather than the adversity. You've chosen your point of focus, and I honor you for that. Thank you. There is no better life. There is a verse I'd like to share. When I was talking about how God delights in us, from Zephaniah 3.17, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. There's no better life than to live with a God who rejoices over us like that. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. We really appreciated having you. Our pleasure. Yes, glad to be here. All right. Well, until next time, uh, be blessed. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Life Hurts, God Heals. Before you go, let me ask you a question. Are you stuck in any way in your life, whether it's being stuck in past wounds that you can't seem to get over, or whether it's just being stuck in certain patterns of thinking and behaving now that you just can't seem to get past, or you feel stuck when it comes to the future, you want to know what God has for you and how to move into that. Well, let me help you with that. As a coach, my goal is to help you discover who God made you to be. What is your unique identity? Let me help you discover that because everything else you want out of life flows from that. If you're interested in having a consultation with me, you can reach me at coachkurt777 at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, you are God's beloved, so be loved.